Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good. Doing good. Had a good weekend. Yes. Happy Victoria Day to everybody. For everybody that's not part of Canada, uh, we had a long weekend this weekend, which is mm -hmm. why we're recording now yeah. on a Monday instead of our normal Sunday. Uh, everything was closed down for a holiday and we're being lazy. Yep. And for those of us, for those of you not from Canada, we actually call it May 2-4 here. So happy May 2-4. I thought you just said happy Victoria. Well, I was, that's the proper name. Well, look at you. Now you're just giving, confusing people. I'm not confused. Other people might be confused. You? I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, so we got to spend this weekend doing a little golfing with some friends uh, until it got rained on. And then we did a little motorcycle riding and went out for a little date night. And uh, what else did we do? Yep. Oh, some fireworks. Yep. Why not, why not watch some boom? Ah, yeah. boom. Eee. Almost boom. got run over Whoa. by a train. Almost got run over by a train. We, we almost became the Darwin Award winners. Not me, my wife and her friend. <laughs> I got off the railroad tracks. <laughs> we were on the railroad tracks on our bikes and we, I don't know, we were like, we could hear the train coming, but it wasn't registering that a train was coming until somebody said, train. <laughs> we were like, oh shit, there's a train. <laughs> So we got off the tracks. So now I don't know whether I can use that as a survival story or a Darwin <laughs> story. I'm still debating. debating. It was so strange that it just, we were so concentrating on not dying because we couldn't see where we were bicycling that it wasn't even on our radar that there might be a train behind us. And I even told though it was you, like, woo, woo. Like, and I <laughs> told you earlier that you shouldn't be out there without a helmet. I didn't need a helmet. I didn't fall. You were concentrating so you wouldn't fall, and then you almost got ran over by a train. I think that deems needing a helmet. And then, uh, yeah, I met up with uh, Mama Wilson and uh, went out for a nice long bike motorcycle ride today. Yeah, it was a little bit too cold for my liking, but... Oh, it was beautiful. It was like 16. Did a little antique shop browsing. Yeah. Yeah, just to warm up. No. <laughs> Because I like wandering through little stores. Yes, you do. And then you I got do. ice cream. I like ice cream. I got ice cream three times this weekend. Yeah, you did. Oh, so <laughs> nummy. There goes my weight loss. Anyways, enough bragging about what we did on the weekend. I hope everybody else had a great weekend and hope everybody else is having a lot of fun and enjoying stuff. You got a story for us? I do. Do you have your drinky drink? Sort of. What do you mean, sort of? <laughs> Well, it's not what I would normally pick, but I picked what is available. I didn't have any, well, I didn't want to open my sparkling wine because it wasn't, it wasn't refrigerated and my other wine I forgot at the friend's house last night. So oh. my half bottle of like my most favorite wine I left there. Oh my God. It's gone. Nope. I warned her. It's gone. <laughs> It is gone. She won't like it because it's not like... I hope she takes a picture just pouring it down the sink. <laughs> I hope she videotapes it. Ah, there's not left here. Just pours it down the sink. No. Yes. <laughs> that would be awful. That would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, but you do have a drink? I do, yeah. All right, let her rip potato chip. Okay. 
This week, I'm going to tell you about Lisa McVeigh. <gasps> I know this one. You do? No. No, you never know the ones. <laughs> One of these days, I will. One of these days. I knew Robin Caruso. Do I know Robin Caruso? Which one did you do last week with the guy on the island? Oh. Yeah, what was that? Oh. Robinson. Swiss Family Robinson? No, Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, you said Robin. or I don't know. You confused me. I did not think I was a (laughs) search. Yeah. Anyways, that wasn't his actual name. His name was Alexander Selkirk. The point the, is, I the, knew the, the story. Character. Uh... Okay. Lisa McVeigh. She was born in March of 1967 in Tampa, Florida. And I she... hate Tampa. You're gonna hate this story. I hate Tampa. Why? They beat the Leafs. Oh yes. Stupid Tampa. Yes. You're gonna hate this story paul's gonna hate this story but well you're both subject to my whims right now so Mm. (laughs) okay uh she began being abused by her drug addicted and alcoholic mother as early as two years old well that's what tampa bay produces it doesn't i'm not even gonna try to argue that (laughs) um she so Foster care stepped in and they removed her from the home and she spent a bunch of time bouncing around from foster care home to foster care home until when she was 14, she was placed with her grandmother who she didn't really know well at that time, but she was placed there. I don't understand this. You know, every time I hear stories about the foster care system, like it seems like it's brutal. Yeah. No, it's not good. No, it's like, these are kids. Why aren't we doing more about that? I think, a lot of the problem is a lot of people get into it for the money and not for the kids. I would love if we, if we didn't work the shifts that we work, I would love to take on a foster child just to, you know, try to get them out of that system. But I think with our shift work, it would be a little bit difficult. Anyways. Um, when Lisa was, Oh, I said that. So anyways, so she's with her grandma. Great. Right. Yay. She didn't know her very well. She was her grandma. We're all following. Carry yeah. on. But unfortunately, her grandmother's boyfriend started sexually and emotionally abusing her almost immediately. He would hold a gun to her head while he was abusing her. Of course he would. Yeah. This and kicked... grandma did nothing about it. Nope. Nope. This carried on for three years. Are you kidding me? No. Lisa picked up a job at the Krispy Kreme donut shop. And she probably spent as much time as she could there just so that she would be away from the house, right? And she'd ride her bike to and from work. So on November 3rd, 1984, when Lisa was 17, her boss asked her to work a double shift. This meant that Lisa would be closing up the store. Lisa never usually did this, but on this night she agreed because she was putting off something she was planning on doing when she was when she got home. The night before, Lisa had written a suicide note and she planned on killing herself that night. So at 2 a.m., Lisa closed up the store, hopped on her bike, and startling, started pedaling home. And she said that she had this, like, feeling of relief and, you know, like, the, the world was off of her shoulders because she knew that she wasn't going to have to go through this abuse much longer. Like, she was just going to go home and end it all. Very sad. sad. Very sad. 
But as she was driving, as she was biking home, she passed a car sitting all by itself in a church parking lot. She noticed that the car was unusual to be there at, in the middle of the night, and she got an uneasy feeling about it. So she started taking mental notes about the car. She noticed that it was a maroon car, and one of the rear tires was different from the rest. But while she was doing this, while she was taking her mental notes, somebody came from the opposite direction and pushed her off of her bike. And a gun was put to her temple, and she heard the gun click. So for a normal person, this would be like terrifying pee your pants there's a gun to my head, but she was kind of used to it, right? She's had it, she'd had it happen to her a bunch of times. So she was still scared and she screamed, but um, it wasn't like out of control. She, she still had her wits about her. Um, when she was pushed down, her belongings and went flying everywhere, including her purse and a bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts and it scattered everywhere. Her belongings would later be found and identified as Lisa. So there was a search that started out right away looking for Lisa because they found, you know, all of her stuff it, and her bike was just in the middle of the road. So um, as Lisa screamed, her attacker started screaming back and told her to shut up while he dragged her to his car. He pushed her into the car where, he, where she saw a huge hunting knife sitting there. He ordered her to strip down and perform a sexual act on him. He said that if you show me a good time, I won't kill you. Lisa did what she had to to stay alive. Afterwards, her, attack her attacker tied her up with bedsheets and blindfolded her. So I don't, it says that she was blindfolded at this point. So I don't know if he was wearing a mask. It didn't really say, but she never saw his face up until this point. I do know that. Up until this point, she has no idea what he looks like. When she was being blindfolded, she clenched up her face as much as she could so that when she relaxed her face later, it was like a little bit looser and she'd be able to see things. I don't, I wonder myself, if I was ever put into this situation where something terrible was happening to me, would I have my, these people that I do these stories on, they come up with like these small, fabulous ideas and they all, that's how they escape, right? By doing these things. And I wonder if I would, because I don't, feel, I don't think I would. I think I would be like, just complete panic mode. And I think I would die. I don't know. Maybe reading these stories and educating yourself would help. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I just think these people are like, just so kick ass. I, don't, I have so much respect for them. Anyways. Um, anyways, now she can see a little. Drink up, bitches, twice. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and her abductor has no idea that she can see. So she starts to try to pick up as many clues as possible and remember every single detail because she wants to catch this guy, right? She could tell that the directions that they were taking, so she knew exactly what streets they were turning on until they got onto the interstate. And while they were driving, she could tell that the car needed some work because the engine was knocking and making like unhealthy engine noises. So she knew that there was something wrong with the car. She noted that there was a leather steering wheel and the word Magnum was printed on the dash. Do you know what kind of car that is? Oh, Magnum? Yeah, it's a Dodge Magnum. I didn't know it was a car. Oh, maybe I do know that now. Is that like the station wagon? Yeah, I think it kind of looks like a station wagon, yeah. yeah. Now I do, see? <laughs> okay. She noticed that there was a thick red carpet that wasn't like a normal car carpet. It was like a shag carpet on the floor. Oh, that's to roll her up later and throw her body away? No, I think it was just decoration for the car. 
Oh, because that's decorative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she did what one of her other girls did. She intentionally left something behind in the back seat so that if the police ever investigated, they would find it. So she left the only thing she had on her, which was a tampon in the back seat. She noticed when they got off the interstate and drove for an additional 15 minutes. When this car stopped, she could see a woods in front of her. And she immediately thought, well, this is going to be her murder site in the woods. So when he ordered her to get dressed and get out of the car, she started walking towards the woods thinking, okay, well, I guess this is where I'm going. And he's like, no, wrong way. And points her and, and pu like pushes her into the direction of a building where they go through a door. When they entered the building, she noticed the smell of paint. And while they were making the walk, she saw that he was Caucasian. And when he went to open the door, she also noticed that he was left-handed. Like, all of these things she's noticing. Does she notice what color of paint it was by the smell? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Um, she noticed that the apartment had green flooring. And, she, yeah, that's that. <laughs> she was told to go wow. into the... <laughs> and that's that, people. <laughs> Because I was going to read the next sentence, which I had already said. <laughs> do you even know where you are in your story half the time? <laughs> when I stop and do my little tangent, it takes me a second to get back in. <laughs> do, 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 do. Are you there yet? Are you there? I am. All right. Okay. So her attacker tells, tells her to go into the bathroom and undress again. And then he bathed her. And while he was bathing her, he was like acting boyfriendy, like, you know, like, caressing Creepy. her yeah like it like she was his girlfriend she asked him why he was doing this to her and he replied that he was doing this to lots of different women not just her because he had been through a bad breakup oh well then he's got a reason <laughs> yeah so why, are you, why are you getting on this guy he went through a bad breakup yeah that gives him the right no it really doesn't so Lisa took this as an opportunity to kind of role play as much as she could. And she was nice to him to appeal to his, to, to appeal to his compassion. So instead of freaking out and, and swearing at him and fighting or whatever, she tried to be nice and almost girlfriendy, right? He held her and raped her there for the next 26 hours. Ew. Yeah. The next night, he served her dinner in front of the TV. She didn't eat because she was afraid it was poison, which, I mean, I'd be afraid of that too. And then the news came on TV and the broadcast of Lisa's disappearance played and she, and she started to cry. And her attacker pointed a gun at her head and screamed at her to shut up. She pulled herself together and told her cap captor she had to use the bathroom. He told her, fine, but leave the door open. She said she couldn't go if he was watching, so he let her close the door. And while she was in there in the bathroom, she just started to touch everything to get her fingerprints everywhere. So she touched the walls, the mirror, the back of the toilet, everything that she could to get her fingerprints all over everything. She came out and he raped her again and they fell asleep and then fell asleep beside her. At around 4 a.m., he woke up and started pacing the floor asking, what am I going to do with you? So she looked at him and said, well, I could be your girlfriend. And she said that she knew he was actually a good guy underneath it all and she would take care of him. The attacker said, no, I can't do that. I can't keep you. She told him she had a sick father and that she was the only one that would be able to take care of him. The attacker told her to get dressed and ordered her to get back into the car and asked her where she lived. Lisa was paying attention to her surroundings. 
When the car stopped, she knew she wasn't in her neighborhood. The attacker got out and used the ATM. Lisa thought this was probably a test to see if she would try to run, so she didn't. She just stayed still. In the meantime, while he was at the ATM, she noticed that he had brown hair. He got back into the car and towards the, and went towards her neighborhood, but when he got to the intersection that she told him that she could that he could drop her off at, he sped past. He started screaming again that she was a liar and what is he going to do with her? Lisa was able to calm him down and asked where they were. So when he said where they were, she gave him directions back to that intersection where he wanted where she wanted him to drop her off. And unbelievably, he drove her there. He hugged her, told her that he was sorry for what he had done to her, and let her out. Really? Yeah, just like that. Wow. She knew that he could change his mind at any time, so she started to run home as fast as she could. Every time a car would approach from behind, she would duck behind a bush in case it was him. When she got back to her grandmother's, her grandmother and her boy and her grandmother's boyfriend were waiting there for her. And they asked her where she'd been for the past two days. When Lisa explained what happened, the grandmother's boyfriend didn't believe her, and he started beating her. This poor fucking woman. Are you kidding me? Kid, kid, yeah. I, I, yeah. For hours, I guess, he beat her. And then uh, finally the grandmother said, this is enough. Finally. Like. And is she letting him do that to her so she's not doing it to her? Like, maybe he beats the grandmother and stuff. So she's like, well, maybe his attention somewhere else. Like, I know that's ignorant, but. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe. Anyways, grandmother finally calls the police. But the police, in this case, believed her immediately. And they were very interested in what she had to say. And they brought in a sketch artist. They didn't expect a lot because they knew that Lisa had been blindfolded the whole time. But Lisa was so damn smart. At one point, when the abductor was acting boyfriendy, he asked her to feel his face. And as she did this, she was taking notes of everything. She could tell the shape of his eyes, how thick his lips were, that he had a thin mustache, how bushy his eyebrows were. He had small ears. She knew all of this just from touching his face. Good for her. Yeah. So between that... Hold on a second. Did they do anything to the fucking boyfriend? grandmother's boyfriend i don't know it doesn't say like they must have right but well, I, if the grandmother I, calls and they show up and she's like yeah i couldn't find any i did look because i think the grandmother needed some punishment and all of this too because i think she was fully aware of what was going on the boyfriend needed to be like executed as far as i'm concerned but i couldn't find anything on that so hmm. um They took the clothes that she was wearing for testing and started looking for a maroon Dodge Magnum. The police were super excited about all of the details that Lisa had just given them because it wasn't just her attacker that they were looking for. They were looking for a serial killer. Serial killer? Yep. Wow. Yes. And they were pretty sure it was the same guy. Six months prior to Lisa's abduction, the bodies of women had started to be discovered in the area. All right, let's talk about this creep. His name was Bobby Joe Long. Starting around 1981, Long began contacting women through the Penny Saver. I don't know if everybody has a Penny Saver, but we do. It's like a free classified ads where you can post things. Anyways, 
Yeah. It's like pre Kijiji. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if everybody has Kijiji. Whatever. I, I think everybody knows what I mean. Um, so he would look for ads for small appliances or furniture or whatnot. And if Long found a woman alone when he got there, he'd ask if he could use the bathroom and he took out his rape kit and raped and robbed the woman. Long... So it's almost like the Kijiji killer. Yeah. Yeah. Long was tried and convicted for one rape in 1981, but he requested a new trial, which was granted, and the charges were, were later dropped. Of course they were. Yeah. How many times do you hear this stories where they had the murderer and they had the killer and they had him in here and they, they, they had him pulled over or they had him in court and then they just let him go? Yeah. I don't... It's so ridiculous. I know. And it's usually on a technicality. Yeah. Anyways, he did this to like 51 women. Right? So if yeah. he would have not got off on a technicality or not whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He could have saved all of those women. They could have saved all of those women from that anguish in their life. Oh, I hate our law system. Yeah. Um, when he got when he got the charges dropped, he took off for Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay area in 1983. In 1984, while on probation for assault... Long raped and strangled 20-year-old Artiste Ann Wick, and that was his first murder. In March, her body was discovered in a rural area on November 22, 1984. She had reportedly hitchhiked from Gas City, Indiana to Tampa, and she was engaged to be married. I won't get into all of the murders. It's a lot. But yeah, 51. No, that was the rapes. Oh. Yeah. That he raped 51 people with the classified, they called him the classified ad raper or something like that. And how many did he kill? 10. Oh. Yeah. Over the next eight months, Long abducted, raped, and murdered at least 10 women in three, country, three counties in Tampa Bay area. The bodies of the victims were typically found in a state of decomp decomposition long after the murderers. They were dumped near a rural roadside or dragged into the woods. He targeted vulnerable women. He would abduct women walking alone or those who were working as sex workers, convincing women to enter his car where he would rape and torture them. But police kept finding the same red fibers on most of the victims. Ah, uh, shea carpet. Yep. That's what it was. Uh -huh. They also found tire tracks where one tire was different from the rest. Yeah, one was square. <laughs> no. Not no, square. not square. No, how would it be different then? <laughs> I don't know how she. I, if Lisa knew that it was different from the road, like I don't know what was going on with it, but she she noted it. So there was probably something. Had was, a, probably had a donut. I or read it was reversed. What does that mean, though? I don't understand. What do you mean? Reversed? Like you can't put a tire on backwards, can you? Absolutely, you can. Well, I think that's what it was then. Did you know that if you go look at my motorcycle tires, there's actually arrows on which way it's supposed to go? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. I so didn't understand what it meant, so I didn't put it in. Don't change my tires. <laughs> um, where were we here? Talking about tires. Yeah. Talking about Lisa. Talking okay. about a car with red fibers. When the police tested Lisa's clothing, they found the same red fibers on them. So they start looking into who used the ATMs in the area that night at the time that it would have been, and they came up with the name Bobby Joe Long. Named after both the scandals their father thought they were, their mother thought was their father's, <laughs> Bobby Joe. What is that from? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> okay. 
And they found out that he drove a Dodge Magnum. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they know they have this guy. Now they have to get this guy, right? They looked into his background. Bobby's parents divorced when he was two years old. He slept in his mother's bed until he was a teenager. When he was, I think he was 13, he met the girl that he would eventually marry. So he was like, okay, mom, I'm not sleeping in your bed anymore. But it was like he was 13. And he had multiple head injuries. And he peed the bed. I don't know if he peed the bed, but <laughs> multiple head injuries. Let me tell you. Beginning at the age of five, he was knocked unconscious in a fall from a swing, and one eyelid was skewered by a stick. He was thrown from his bicycle, crashing headfirst into a parked car. I can't laugh because I've done that. But I'm... <laughs> you can laugh because you're laughing. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I did that. Just so you guys know, <laughs> my wife could be a serial killer too because she has tons of head injuries. <laughs> I have so many head injuries. I just blame it on my forgetfulness, just, not why I kill people. Not why you kill people? <laughs> yeah, you kill people? I do not kill people. You guys hear that? She admitted it. <laughs> okay. People pray for my safety. <laughs> At age seven, he fell from a pony onto his head, and he remained dizzy and nauseous for several weeks after the accident. And then he was standing on a fence, like up, up high on a fence, and he toppled headfirst over the fence and knocked himself out. So, has he thought about maybe not doing any of that stuff? <laughs> or maybe he needs to wear a helmet everywhere all the like time. Like you do on a bike. <laughs> okay, he was also born with an extra X chromosome. Do you know what that does to little boys with an extra X chromosome? Does that make them hermaphrodite? No, he started. Well, no. But he did start growing breasts. So he was bullied in school because not only did he have breasts, but he had a malformed jaw from all of his head injuries. Um, he did eventually get surgery to get the breasts removed, though. He joined the army and he got married in 1974 and he had two children. And later, he got, crashed his motorcycle, shattering his helmet with the impact of his skull on the asphalt. So another head injury. And this is where his personality really changed. He was... That's the problem. <laughs> this was where it like, really started to go sideways. Uh, he had blinding headaches, unpredictable violent rages, and he became a huge se sex addict, both with himself and his wife. He was divorced in 1980 when the abuse got to a point where his wife could no longer deal with it. Okay, back to capturing, my, back to capturing this head injury creep. Um, when, while the police were searching for him, a police officer saw him driving down the street. They said, they pulled him over and said that there had been a robbery in the area and a car that looked like his had been seen at the crime. So they asked if they could take his picture. He agreed and they let him go, but they had a tail on him. They had officers following him. Uh, they brought the picture immediately to a lineup where Lisa was brought in to pick him out. And she did. Right away, she picked him out. A search warrant was issued, and while they were searching, they found Lisa's fingerprints all over his bathroom. The red fibers found on the victims matched the fibers in Bobby's car. And so on November 16th, 1984, they arrested Long outside of a movie theater. He, he eventually confessed to all of the rapes, abductions, and murders. And when they went to trial, he was given 26 life sentences without the possibility of parole, plus seven life sentences with the possibility of parole, 
Plus, he was sentenced to death. So, okay. finally, the justice system is doing what it needs to do. He was found to Why be... Why do they do that, though? We're going to give you five life sentences without... Per- like, what yeah, is this? I don't... The only, I thought about that, too. The only thing I could come up with is, say there was... Say he was convicted of three murders, and then he found technicalities to get off on the first two. You know, then at least they have the third to fall back on. That was the only thing I could think of, but... I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. It just seems so odd to do that. Yeah. Seven life sentences plus another four life sentences <laughs> plus three more life sentences, but two of them have p- p- parole, but you can't have parole on the other three sentences. So when does the plus, parole one kick in? Plus you're going to be dead. Plus you're getting murdered. <laughs> well, how can I have parole then? Um. Okay, he was found to be a sexual sadist who had a temporal lobe epilepsy from all of his head injuries. He had severe antisocial personality disorder, and he was a sociopath. Lisa was placed into a better home. She had always dreamed of being a police officer, and that's what she did. Uh, She is completely kick-ass, and she just got, got a promotion, and she's got a big name at the police in the police and i forgot to write it down i meant to go back and put it in oh my god another incomplete story (laughs) what is that's the only thing you have to do i'm just gonna tell you that she's doing great you just have to write about the story (laughs) just the story how do you not um his wife his ex-wife says that she has one regret in this life and that wasn't meeting bobby or not even marrying bobby it was not killing him because at one point when he was abusing her, she had a loaded shotgun pointed at him and she couldn't get herself to pull the trigger. But she blames herself a little bit because if she thinks if she had killed him at that point, then none of this would have happened to all those women. But you don't know what that would have done to her psyche and her right. kids and everything else right. too, right? What we, she should have done was call the police. Absolutely. And let them deal yeah. with it. Yeah. That's her one flaw. Yeah. Lisa believes that all the abuse that she had been through in her life is ultimately what saved her because she knew how to deal with people like that. And on May 23rd, 2019, Bobby was executed by lethal injection with Lisa in attendance. And she was wearing a t-shirt with all of the, his victims pictures on it, on the back of it. So, and I think it said something like you all be remembered or something along that lines on the front. So good for her. Yeah. Yeah, so that is the story of Lisa McVeigh. Wow. So she's still a police officer? Yeah, yep. You know for sure? You're just saying that. Because <laughs> obviously, you didn't research anything. I think she's still a police officer. You think? See, now you don't even know. You didn't even check, did you? Well, now uh... I'm doing the math in my head. If she was 17 in 1984, she'd pretty close to retirement i think she was she got into the police officer stuff a little bit later in life though hmm. yeah so you don't know <laughs> yeah. you have no idea i know something false <laughs> i know something <laughs> i know some things <laughs> i know something what do you know but it's my turn it is so it's my turn shall we for take, a, shall we take a break why do i take a break when it's my turn just for a second you're always interrupting when it's my turn. Let's take a break. Let's drink some wine. <laughs> I don't have wine. Well, whatever alcohol you're drinking over there. <laughs> Anyways, it is 
May 2-4 or Victoria Weekend here in Canada. It sure is. And what do we do on this weekend? We enjoy the warm weather because it's supposed to be getting warmer. Or it snows. We just never know. Yeah, because it's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> or we have all four seasons yeah. within a 48-hour. Yeah. Uh, we also light off fireworks. We do that. So, uh, February 7th, 2005 in Malaysia. Fireworks are a long-standing lunar um, New Year's tradition among Malaysia's largest Chinese minority. Okay. However that makes sense, I don't know. I wrote it down, and that's the way it was. <laughs> and they're uh, still used widely over there, even though they've been banned. Did you know they've been banned In over China? there? In China? Yeah. Or is, Mala is Malaysia China? Are, are we talking it's... Malaysia, or are we talking China? Well, it says Malaysia's large... Chinese minority. So oh, I don't know. Okay. No, I don't think Malaysia is China. Malaysia is its own country. Okay. Anyways, uh, they've been banned in their sale of their sales and everything else over there. Anyways, they still go and get them. Okay. Johnny, our hero Johnny. Yes. A 29 year old excavator operator spent the evening watching people set off fireworks outside a suburban Kuala Lumpur nightclub. Kuala Lumpur. Whatever. <laughs> These were no mere firecrackers, though. They were rockets that shot as high as 10-story buildings before exploding. Rockets? Like big-ass fireworks. Like the ones we watched last like night. Last night yeah. Like last night. Like big... Nice. Uh, boom! Crack! Yeah. Like that. Yes. And people are going... Oh, ooh, like that. The big ones. But then all of a sudden, his curiosity was piqued. Okay. So Johnny bent over the launching tubes for a closer look. While it was lit? Well, let's put it this way. As he was peering down the tube, it fired, sending him flying 10 meters back. He died instantly from severe head injuries, oh my God. according to a senior police I wonder, official. I wonder if it was he thought it was done because it wasn't going and then it went. Because I, I think that's a lot of the time the fireworks injure people it's because they think it's a dud and then it turns out not to be a dud well still that's like looking down a barrel of a gun yes. before checking like why do you... people do that too uh, <laughs> like oh my god i don't know i just i can't figure this out and here's another thing so i went and did i've done a report on fireworks before um obviously this isn't the first time we've done fireworks stories on this channel because you know I have a lot of Darwins that don't know how fireworks work, apparently. Yes. Yeah. There's a lit fuse it and a big boom be... with gunpowder and stuff. <laughs> it seems to be... Let's stick our head down the tube and a see. Killer, a killer of many. It's it's thinning out the gene pool. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> so um, in 2021, ahead of the 4th of July, a report that found that firework injuries are skyrocketing in the United States. <laughs> Get it, skyrocketing. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, so they're saying that um, 18 people have died from non-occupational uh, firework stuff. And was that? that? Yeah, 18 people died from non-occupational firework incidents in the U.S. in 2020 compared to uh, 12 in 2019. But between 2005 and 2020, there were 136 deaths um, from fireworks misuse in total, or 8.5 deaths per year on average. Wow. I bet you this year there won't be as many because nobody can afford fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, the research states that an estimated of 15,600 people require emergency room treatment in the U.S. hospitals due to accidents involving fireworks last year. That's up approximately from 10,000 in 2019. So that means 5,600. Yeah, so 5,600 more people. The staff at the hospitals just must roll their eyes every time one of these people come in, like another one. Like... The thing is, we've lit off fireworks before. Yes. Normally, I have to light them off because I'm the only one that's still sober. <laughs> that's true. But we, we're we sober. I mean, we're not sober, but we're sober enough to know that you're the one that should be lighting the fireworks. Well, that and I just take everything from you guys. <laughs> but my point is, I have never come like, you know what I mean? You go down, you light the fuse, you step back. How are you getting hurt? Because like, people start shooting them at each other, sticking their eyeballs on them. Or... Well, I've shot them at myself. Well, not at myself. I've shot them at other people before. People have shot them at me before. But I mean, I get it. But it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, if you haven't done your fireworks yet this weekend, and you're going to do them tonight, please be safe. And please don't do it near my house. My dogs will cry. And our dogs will cry. <laughs> So what's the other thing that people do this weekend? Drink. Oh, yeah. That's my answer to everything. Though. That's right. I should have asked somebody else. <laughs> I Wait, don't know. Bruce, Wayne. Boat? Do they boat? What else do other people do this weekend? They Camp. travel and they go see other things. Yes. Oh, that's right. They travel. Because not everybody's an alcoholic. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. No problem. <laughs> After, I need a new partner, okay? I need somebody in here, please. You can't make your own partner. By I just made my own partner. <laughs> Bruce. Bruce is my new partner. I'll tell everybody he's Batman. <laughs> you don't know. I'm Batman. Uh, February 9th, 2020. Mount Gambier. G-A-M-B-I-E-R. Australia. Sounds right. Gambier. 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 Uh, anybody listening from Australia, you're welcome to write us at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com or just go into the Facebook group. Either way. That way you can know. embarrass us in front of everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> all six people. <laughs> I think there's actually more than six. Anyways, at midnight, the phone rang for the police inspector, Campbell, inspector at Campbell Hill. Someone has fallen into the sinkhole. Bloody hell. Better ring up the fire department. Is this the actual conversation? Bloody hell it was. I love it. <laughs> Better ring up the fire department. We'll need their rope rescue rig you're, for this one. You're really insulting them. I am now. horrible <laughs> at making Australian. Like, throw some shrimp on the bobby. Mate, that's about all I got. That's not even great. Okay, fine. We'll go back to Canadian. Uh, Cabin Garden Sinkhole is the most magical spot in South Australia. It's actually the Senate Senate Senate. I should really I should really learn to read before I <laughs> you know I write this shit down because I'm like, all right, it's one of these. And then I'm like, I have no idea what I'm writing. Not a clue. On the flanks of a dormant volcano. And it's located at the heart of the city of Mount Gambier. Beautiful vines of roses cascade down its steep walls. And graceful waterfall adds to the natural beauty. This sounds like you wrote this. First. I did write this right from the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So I don't know why. Like, I what, what, what do you mean I wrote? Like, what? Do I have to read stuff and then just write it all out myself? I mean, in your own words. 
What do you mean in my own words? Like, I don't just take everything and copy and paste. But you do. <laughs> and I've actually, on another podcast, you said, I didn't copy and paste that correctly. <laughs> now, I copy and paste, and then you give but me not, a lecture? Uh... You're giving me a lecture on copying and pasting? Carry on with your story. You carry on with your story. <laughs> Stories. You're, this is the third time you've interrupted my stories. That's what makes this beautiful. No. That's not. Now I don't even know where I am anymore. Beautiful cenotes, rose vines. And waterfalls. And waterfalls. And what else they've done is they've added a protective fence that surrounds the sinkhole. A lovely wrought iron platform. And it extends over. Do you know why? Why? To keep people out because it's a damn volcano. <laughs> we know how much you're... Johnny's love volcanoes. Oh. <laughs> they do. In fact, love your It's not volcanoes. even that. So it's a popular tourist attraction and blah, blah, blah. And they've created a safe environment for many years and thousands of people have been able to go there. Yes. Until Johnny shows up and ruins it for everybody. What did Johnny do? Johnny decided that he would go on top of the iron fence yep. and do a handstand. Oh. Johnny That's didn't it. land the handstand, right? And fell into down 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 oh. into the volcano i wonder if he was showing off for a girl it doesn't say that he was showing off for a girl but he tragically tumbled and two facts were certain one johnny died instantly at the scene and two foul play was ruled out <laughs> oh that's never good so. his poor parents yeah, it's not good, but, you know, and they go on here to say that Johnny was a cheeky lad with a heart of gold, adventurous and mechanically talented, and fond of four-wheelers and fishing, an inspiring mechanic with a side hustle of selling car parts. He had a good future ahead of him and was well-loved well by his family and friends in his small hometown, five hours away from here. So that's why I don't use, like, the real names, yeah. right? Because, yeah, no. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's sad that somebody would do this, and I'm sure that even though it qualifies for a Darwin Award, you know, he was probably it just... It was still somebody. It was yeah, still well, somebody. Not only that, but it was, it was a kid probably out there showing off, like yeah, you said, or yeah. doing a handstand. Or, look at all these kids now that go out there and try to do a selfie on top of these towers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then fall. Yeah. it's. I mean, yeah, we have selfie, the selfie generation, but there's always... Even when we were kids, there were once in a while you'd hear about a kid dying because they did something stupid, right? Like, it's just part of being a teenager some people do stupid things and get away with it and then others don't well that's the, yeah and that's not only that you see some kids that go out there and they do this stuff and you know they get sensate you know i mean these people yeah. are out there on towers taking these selfies and they all next thing you know they're you know making millions of dollars yeah. off tiktok yeah. and stuff because everybody's following them Ooh, and then yeah. somebody else tries to go out there and and copy it and next thing you know they're not around yep which is sad it is sad However, that's my stories. They're actually well, kind of short this week. That's okay. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the next step. So now we're at the call to action part. So how many times do we have to tell people this? Every time. Every time? Every time we have to. Okay. Everybody job. out there, please listen, follow, subscribe. Do all of those things. All those things. great things. Follow oh, us on we Facebook. We didn't realize that we were not on Amazon Music before, so we have rectified that situation. Yes, we are now on Amazon Music. Yes. Which, if you were trying to find us before and couldn't, we are there, but you obviously found us somewhere else. But you can tell all your friends we're on Amazon if they're like, yes. well, I don't get that stuff. You can go, yeah. well, they're on Amazon Music now as well. Yes. Oh. <laughs> 
So anyways, um, yeah, if you want to reach out to us again, you can reach out to us at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you want. Twitter. Twitter. And Soon will be TikTok. Been, if you have been taking care of Twitter, I'm not sure. I have. I've been okay. putting stuff out there. And soon it will be on uh, YouTube. Yeah. You'll be able to comment right on there. You guys suck. And we'll be like, yeah, we <laughs> know. Then you can watch me cry a little. <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys are going to make my wife cry. That's not going to be nice. Anyways, so I guess the last thing we have to do is... The dad joke. Oh, boy. So, what is the difference between Donald Trump and a bird? I don't know. A bird can tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he is horrible, isn't he? (laughs) He's not allowed to. Oh, yeah, that's right. They took him away from it. I I was just thinking about when he did tweet. And, like, remember he put all those nonsense tweets out where everybody was like, what is he even saying? but they took Twitter away from him, so he can't even tweet. That's right. (laughs) The joke's better when you don't have to explain it. (laughs) Okay, everybody, that is our episode. Thank you so much for listening, and have uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, I guess. Okay, bye.